I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How did Sunday's games help or hurt the Bucks' playoff chances? The Seahawks and Cardinals lose. The Rams and Giants win. And the Vikings, they roll into Tampa Bay winners of five of their last six games. We'll break all of that down for you. And we're going to clear the air about Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. We'll talk about the weekend in college football. We've got all of that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. You guys are familiar, of course, with Old Northeast Jewelers. They have two locations. You know the original store on 4th Street in St. Pete's been there for years. Well, now they have a brand new store in beautiful Hyde Park. The address is 1607 West Swan Avenue in Hyde Park Village, in Tampa. Now, don't forget, Old Northeast Jewelers has online consultations. They have free delivery to your door for jewelry, for rings, and luxury watches. Hey, if you need money for the holidays, who doesn't? Well, Old Northeast Jewelers is always buying fine jewelry and luxury watches, and you can trade in that piece and maybe get something brand new. Go check out their new store in Hyde Park. That's at 1607 West Swan Avenue in Hyde Park Village in Tampa. All right, Steve, so the uh, rare bye week, uh, it was the latest one, I think, in the NFL season, the latest one I think the Bucks may have had uh, in some time, if not ever, and uh, well needed, not just for the players, the coaches, but also the beat writers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I didn't realize how gassed I was until I didn't have to write about these guys for a few days, and uh, I think it was a good break for everybody, but um, they'll be back at it sometime this week. We don't have any availability today, but I would imagine that we'll be talking to the Bucks, They can't be in the facility. I think the NFL has shut down their training facilities Monday and Tuesdays now. Wait a minute. Uh, so you, players... you mean to tell me you didn't write about his, Tom Brady's boat over the weekend? Well, I did. That was the thing. <laughs> you know, you have TMZ Tom is what we call him because anytime he does something, seems like there must be somebody that's on the purchase beat when it comes to Tom Brady. You know, when he got the house, Derek Jeter, TMZ was there. When he walked into the wrong house, TMZ somehow found out about it. And I would imagine that the way this works is um, Tom Brady ordered a custom boat, uh, had it built, and uh, this thing is absolutely gorgeous. It's like metallic blue. It's, I mean, it's 40-plus 40, 40 feet. They say it's a couple million dollars. But um, he had it delivered on Thursday to a marina in St. Petersburg, and they had pictures of him smiling and everything, and who wouldn't be happy to have that boat? So, you know, I, they didn't secure the jet skis all that well. I hope they hooked this thing up pretty well to the dock in case we get another, like, tropical storm or something. But Well, we are at a like, hurricane season for this year. Well, we are. We are finally. But it looks like Tom Brady is going to be a Florida man for a while. I mean, he's purchasing watercraft, you know. A Florida man? Just he, you're, gonna, you're putting him in those stories now? Well, I mean, he's Florida a Florida man. Florida man purchased I mean, a boat? <laughs> yeah. Florida man. Goat, no, goat buys boat, yeah. I think, was the headline. Florida yeah. man works out at Berkeley Prep? Yep. Florida man. <laughs> goat buys boat. Um, better be careful on this thing. This thing looks looks very fast, and that would scare <laughs> me. Um, there should be a clause in his contract that he he needs a driver for that as well. But um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, this is the world we live in, so you know TMZ rings it, and we got to put it out there as well. But 
Uh, God bless him. So we know what he did on his bye week. He probably took a few spins around Tampa Bay. It was a gorgeous weekend, by the way. A little chilly. Mm-hmm. I love the change. When we have our change of seasons, which is like going from 80 to 70. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, in the mornings, in the mornings of maybe sometimes the occasional 50. But it was in the 40s. I'm up here in mm-hmm. Greater Lutz, and it was cold. It's going to be cold this week, too. We're getting into about low Lows in the about right around forty, a couple nights. This yeah, week, we so. got we got up here in uh, Northern Hillsboro. We got some uh, a possible day. Mm-hmm. I think Tuesday morning might be thirty nine or in the thirties. Yeah. I mean, it was only a week uh, ago we had to pull out our pants to see if we had anything that still fit. I mean, <laughs> you know the annu- the annual day in Florida that happens. <laughs> That's right. What's my waistline? Let's guess. Yeah, more for the um, kids than me, hopefully. But you know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, the kids they change every day. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, you got you got by the they just you keep feeding them and they keep growing. I, I told my wife that just stop feeding them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it was that kind of weekend. You know, a little shopping, a little this, a little well, that. But did you see what Rob Gronkowski did on the bye week? I did not. Yeah. Did you see? Who oh, he, he had, had the Stanley he, Cup in his yeah, house. Yeah. He right? had Alex Kalorn and Andre Vasilevsky over for dinner. So what a party that must have been. Absolutely. Would you like to be invited to that one? Huh? I would have been. That would have been fun. Man. And Stanley yeah, and Cup had, was there. I, they had Lombardi Trophy there. I mean, I saw that he had the Lombardi, and they exchanged. I think Rob uh, gave them an autographed helmet. I want to say Buccaneers helmet. Mm-hmm. They yep. gave him a jersey. Yeah, pretty cool. So I'm sure the Boston Bruin fans enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Gronk's a Florida man now too. So yeah, yeah. Well, he is, and his wife is or his uh, his mom's right here in um, like Fort Myers. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's about an hour and a half, two hours away. So he's able to visit her. Yeah, they're all they're all coming down here, you know, to uh, spend their later years. <laughs> Who can blame them? Uh, oh shoot! Let me tell you this: there is this is truly my favorite time of year in Florida. Mm-hmm. Just from the standpoint, I like early spring is nice too because baseball season is starting to crank up and yep. you can get some nice nice days. Although the rain tends to rain more in February, but um, I, I do like the spring. But when you when you first get that first blast of cold air and it stays in more than one or two days. Um, that, that to me, I mean, you can go out for walks and it's like, Hey, I can wear a long sleeve t-shirt mm-hmm. or I can wear like jogging pants or shorts and, and something like you're right in the middle there. You can, you know, you can go either way and, and open the windows and have some fresh air. And it just, uh, it was a glorious weekend. I mean, it really was. Well, if you saw the Raptors, one of the reasons they're playing their first half of the season at Emily arena is because the players preferred Florida over many of the other locations they were looking at uh, because this time of year, this is where you want to be. Oh, I bet so. You imagine how I mean it's it's it still gets cold in Canada, right? Oh yeah, well definitely <laughs> Canada, but I mean, you know, they could pick anywhere in the United States essentially. And you know, they had some other opportunity. I think Nashville may have been an opportunity and there was a few others, but uh, the players preferred Florida, which I can't blame them. I can't blame them either. Be some guys on the golf courses, I'm sure. So, yeah, we our own uh, Toronto Raptors. I saw uh, my my buddy cop Eduardo Encina has been covering them. Uh, in the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah, the so. schedule's out now. December 23rd will be their first game at Amelie Arena against the Pelicans. Yeah, it's crazy. So I don't I don't think there's any word on – they haven't announced anything whether they're going to have fans in the stands yet. So I hope so. I, I would imagine there'll be some, maybe not for the opener. Uh, but, I, you know, I think part of the reason you came to Florida is, is Florida is open and willing to do that. Now, the NBA has to sign off the city of Tampa, Amelie Arena, the Raptors. You know, they all have to come to an agreement essentially. But – yeah, um, I, I think at some point you'll have fans in the stands. I don't know if it'll be for the opener. Yeah, well, hopefully while they're still here, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. We have an adoptive NBA team. What could be better than that? But um, but we did get to watch some football, and of course, football is uh, cranking up. Uh, even though the Bucks had a bye week, and I, the, I tell you what, the Sunday games were interesting. Not not great matchups per se, mm-hmm. 
Um, but some developments, like if you're if you're a Bucks fan, you probably were following closely, and you know it it, it kind of worked out for them a little bit. I mean, you, you have a change in the NFC West as as far as the leader goes because the Seahawks taken down by the New York Giants in Seattle, which of course there's no fans, so you don't have the twelfth mm-hmm. man. But I'm telling you what, the New York Giants, who now lead that division, um, we saw when the Bucks played them, what was it, back in uh, sometime in October, I yeah, think. Yeah, on Monday Night Football. Um, on Monday Night Football, a tough game. And I and I walked out of there at MetLife saying, that that's one of the more physical football teams that, that I have seen this year. I mean, they were really starting to uh, assert themselves uh, offensively. They were running the ball downhill hard. Um, defensively, they were really getting after the quarterback, and um, you know, just a real aggressive team. And I, I, I walked out of there saying, you know what, Joe Judge, he's he's going to do a good job. Like he, he's these guys do not. They play really hard, and they play hard for sixty minutes. I know they lost that game in overtime, um, but you know, it it was it was impressive then, and now um, they're on a little bit of a roll. And I'll tell you what. You know, I know they're gonna they're they're gonna wind up winning maybe seven games, maybe eight. I don't know. I don't know if they'll have a five hundred record or below five hundred. You would think in the NFC East, but they're leading that division. I think they're gonna win it, and they're gonna be a tough out for somebody. I'm just telling you, they are. You know, we remember a few years ago, Seattle. I think got in at seven and nine. New Orleans went out there and lost. Um, that was I think the Marshawn Lynch run or whatever. But uh, you know, I I think that could happen with the Giants. I know one thing: if I were the Bucks, that's that's not a team I want to play in the first round. Well, I mean, before, the, Gi- the Giants can help the Bucks this week too. Uh, they're playing yeah. the Cardinals, so which Absolutely. is a team one game behind the Bucks right now. Right? Yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals lost um, as well on Sunday, and and uh, you know the the Rams took care of them. Uh, the Rams now lead that division uh, because they have a game yeah. up on on Seattle. So that's who the Bucks would face if the playoffs started today. That's correct. They would they would head on out to L.A., which I think. Look, if you had to choose. And, and if you had a choice between going to Green Bay, and I know they've beaten the Packers, but not at Lambeau and not in January. But if you had a choice between going to Green Bay in January and trying to beat the Packers again on what was probably just a, a bad day and a really good day for the Bucks defense after they fell behind 10 to nothing, or going to, to L.A. and playing the Rams, I think, I think you'd choose the Rams. If, I, I just mean, for I the weather, the, if nothing else. I mean, Right, if nothing else, the weather and – I, I mean, I know the Rams, you know, I mean, they threw for like 900 yards and, you know, um, obviously they, they couldn't stop them offensively. But you couldn't play – you couldn't – there's no way you could play as poorly as you did that day. And he threw it 51 times. And, you know, Goff is up and down. I mean, after he beat the Bucks, beat their, their brains out, he went out and, you know, threw four picks the next week or whatever. But um, so so I just think for – yeah, for the locale, for the fact that – you know, you're probably going to make some adjustments. You don't; they're going to do what they do, and um, I just think it'd be an easier matchup. And you're right; the weather the weather would not be a factor. You could still throw the football. You don't know if you go to Green Bay. I mean, I know Brady's used to playing in this stuff, but you know there there is weather where even Tom Brady doesn't want to throw it 30 times a game. You just can't do it. And so I think for that reason, um, L.A. would be a uh, would be a better situation. Oh, by the way, it looks like uh, Tyree Kill. Oh, he, oh, he didn't pull as we're doing this podcast. I thought maybe he pulled his hamstring. Probably tired of running for touchdowns last week. No one um, out. Yeah, yeah. It looks like <laughs> a little strain there from all those seventy-five yard runs. Um, so yeah, that was a good development for them. The Cardinals lose, and um, mentioned the Rams and Giants. One, 
the Vikings now are up are up next for the Bucks, and you know I was watching the red zone because I couldn't. I, obviously, I wasn't didn't have the ticket on or anything. I couldn't see the entire game. Um, they struggled against the Jaguars. Uh, they managed to win the game and win it in overtime. Their 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 place kicker is horrible. Uh, he kicked the game winning field goal. He missed two extra points in a field goal, and. You know, but they still, man, I'm telling you, Dalvin Cook is a load. Now, you know, the question is going to be, that's really the strength of their offense is running Dalvin Cook, and that sort of plays into what the Bucks do well. You know, they, they stop mm-hmm. the run. So you're going to have to make Kirk Cousins beat you, but he's capable of it, and he's done it to them before. He did it to them up there, and they still got some, some great players on that offensive side, you know, um, good receivers, Adam Thielen, some others. But they're a hot football team all of a sudden. They've won five out of six. And if they come in here uh, and, they, and they beat the Bucs, they will have the same record, but will obviously have a game at hand because of the head-to-head. So the Bucs will fall down a notch um, and will lose their position to the Vikings. Uh, and there's Yeah, that would be, you know, they'd be tied. For, that would be the final playoff spot. And if Arizona beats the Giants, they would be tied with the Bucks for that. They so, would then be tied, yeah. You'd have a three so, teams tied for the last uh, two spots. Right. And that, then, then, then it becomes, you know, then, then it becomes pretty tight. <laughs> then everybody starts, because that would have been three losses in a row, a bye week to make adjustments, coming off the bye week, not being able to, uh, you know, not being able to get it done. By the way, as I do this podcast, Tyreek Hill just dropped a touchdown Ooh, yes in the end did. zone. Of course he did. Yes, of he course did. he did. <laughs> Absolutely, sure he did. Um, but uh, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it's getting it's getting it's getting tight. I mean, these are all you know the, they they become bigger not because they count more, but you're running out of them. You're running out of opportunities. And you know, after after the Vikings game, you, you want to start to get some momentum. You want to start to build. You know, snap that losing streak first and foremost. Get a little rhythm on offense. Have your defense gain a little confidence as well, and then and then uh, you've he got caught Atlanta. that ball. He did catch it, except they, it never hit the ground. No, I believe it did. But the replay I saw, he didn't. Now they punted it already. <laughs> they didn't kick the extra point, did they? <laughs> no, they punted it. Yeah. But now on the replay, Tyreek just saw the replay on the screen. It, yeah, he's like, wait, I caught that. It, yeah, he didn't catch it, but then it bounced off the defender and into him as he was sliding on the ground. It never touched but all the ground. Those, all those plays are supposed to be reviewed upstairs. Well, it wasn't a touchdown, so the, I mean, well, but they punted too quick. I mean, they didn't. Yeah, perhaps they didn't stop it too soon, and, and the Chiefs didn't challenge it. So, yeah, I think that was well. a touchdown. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> have the sound on, and I'm. Folks, you're listening to real time. Yeah, I'm looking at Twitter, and everyone's podcast. like, "That's a TD. That's a TD." Because you said he dropped it. I'm looking. I'm like, "Well, he, I just saw the same replay you did. It he didn't like catch he didn't it, hit, but it, it didn't hit the ground off the, off the uh, defender and back into his arms." Yeah, it did. It, so it it didn't. He didn't catch it, but it didn't hit the ground. Right, right. So maybe they blew it. I don't know. They didn't blow any last week. I can tell you that. And he didn't drop any either. Uh, in fact, the defensive backs weren't close enough to have it bounce yeah, well, off of them. Yeah, the, the defender was pretty close there. So yeah, so that they have that over over the Bucks. So anyway, it's um, you know, and, and and watching also, you know, trying to jump back and forth. And I was watching uh, Atlanta, who the Bucks play, you know, twice in the next three weeks. They've gotten better. I mean, under Raheem Morris, and uh, they're now, I guess, they're four and three under Morris at this point. They've lost to New Orleans twice in the last three weeks. First time they played them, I think Matt Ryan was sacked 100 times. He sacked eight or nine times. Um, this week was a little bit better on on uh, Sunday. Uh, they were in the game. They actually had a chance to win it. They are down by four. Um, 
under under uh, three minutes to go or something like that. They drove it into, uh, you know, into New Orleans territory. And then, you know, Todd Gurley ran, had a couple good runs. And then I think he ran on, and this is a replay where the ball absolutely does not touch the ground Told at you. all. Told you. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. Should be a touchdown. Tyreek even missed. It's not like he got, I got up saying, "Hey no, man, he, it never... he was just assuming it was on the ground, but it never was. Yeah, got pinned against him, and he actually ended up with possession. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so anyway, uh, Dirk Cutter had a chance to help the Bucks and didn't. He made some uh, curious calls down uh, in the red zone and uh, ran the ball a little too many times. Lost about seven, eight yards on third down, and then fourth down was a one-handed hail mary attempt to Julio Jones, and he wasn't able to pull it in and. Uh, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta could have beaten New Orleans, so that would have been, you know, that would have presumably helped the Bucks. although I think, you know, the division is pretty much over. So Atlanta, by virtue of a uh, a loss by Chicago, who, whew, tough loss for them. They were leading that game against the Detroit Lions. Um, New Orleans clinched the playoff spot. They haven't clinched the division yet, I don't believe. But uh, obviously they're going to end up, I, I think there's a good chance they end up with the number one seed. And Taysom Hill played really well. This was his best game by far. Um, I know he ran the ball a lot when they played that crazy game in Denver with no quarterbacks, including theirs. Um, but he uh, he was actually very effective. And Michael Thomas caught a lot of a lot of balls, and Alvin Kamara ran ran well. So uh, it was really interesting, uh, you know, being able to sit back and kind of watch these teams. But I still feel that Atlanta, you know, they're not a great football team, but they're dangerous enough with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. You think about the secondary of the Bucks trying to match up with those guys. And if their defense can't get home. Now, Matt Ryan holds the ball. That's the one thing I will say is he's going to take some sacks. And that would play into the Bucks' hands. Uh, they don't run the ball particularly well. I mean, Gurley has lost a step, to, and that's being generous. He just doesn't have that burst anymore. But, you know, their defense is playing hard. Raheem's got them flying around a little bit. And, you know, I think in their best day, um, they, they could – they could beat Tampa one out of these. They they seem like they beat them. You know they split with them every year. So I I wouldn't count on sweeping the Falcons, even though that's what New Orleans just did uh, two times in three weeks, and that's what the Bucks have to do. And then Detroit, look if Matthew Stafford is slinging it, don't just think that that's going to go well. You know because he slung it against a pretty good Bears defense and brought him back several times and won that game, especially into you know and that was in Chicago. They and if they play in Detroit. He'll obviously be a little more at home, but um, these are going to be an interesting four weeks. I mean, the Bucks will be favored. I think they're favored by six over the Vikings as we uh, do this podcast. So they're going to be favored in the, in the next four games. Now, they just have to take care of business. And, you know, if they do, they'll end up with a, a fairly good wild card spot. Uh, again, I don't think they're going to win the division. And then, you know, you got to see what what Tom Brady can do, you know, in the playoffs because he's all about January. He's never yep. made it to a Super Bowl that way. But first time for everything. I'm very curious to see what tweaks or changes or adjustments this coaching staff makes mm-hmm. with the bye week. And, and this is the time you get to really kind of self-scout yourself and mm-hmm. and kind of go through things. And then I'd be curious to see how, you know, the defense responds with now a week off. I mean, you know, we know they're a good defense. They've played well this year, but the last few weeks they've kind of slipped some. 900 um, yards, more than nine, well, giving up close to 950 yards the last two weeks. Right. So the last, you know, really three or four weeks, it, it's been, you know, some holes have been exposed, and I think some people have figured out how to attack this defense. So the rest, the, you know, the mental break for the players, and then what adjustments the coaches make on offense, too, I think, you know, from, 
Will we see more motion? Will we see more pre-snap mm-hmm. movement? Um, will we see a little less of the everything's a 15-yard pass down the field? Yeah. Um, you know, as we go forward, and, and you know, as they as they start to make adjustments, because it's obvious teams have made adjustments to them. So this they was have. this was your week to figure out what you're doing, what yeah. they've done to counter you, and now you've got a counter back. You've got a counter, and I think you know the thing about bye weeks is late as this one has been, and it's one of the latest I think ever mm-hmm. that the Bucks have had. It's the latest for the NFL season. Um, there's a lot of beat up football players. I mean, you just think of Donovan Smith. You know, he played that game. Uh, you know, the last game against the Chiefs, he walked into the stadium with a boot on. I don't know that I've ever seen that, where a guy came into the stadium with a boot on and played in the game and played the whole game. Um, so he's obviously going to benefit. Ali Marpet, you know, got out of concussion protocol, played a whole game, but you got to feel like he was probably rusty. He had a holding penalty early on. Um, you know, so he's going to benefit from the. And then, frankly, everybody, right? Everybody's body this time of year uh, needs, needs some time. And it's just mentally, you know. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting because these guys have had to stay here and be tested. And, you know, uh, if they had some free time, you, you don't know if they spent it with family. You got to hope that no one brings COVID into the building because there's been some teams coming off bye weeks that have struggled with that. And that's why Bruce Arians said, you know, hey, don't let the virus beat us. But if it doesn't, um, then I would say, you know, generally speaking, the team that has the bye week is the fresher team, fresher legs. Um, you could say maybe they, they, you know, they can't start any slower than they have because the last two weeks they went, you know, four, three and outs. And then the last game was three, three and outs and one first down on, on one of the drives, the first four drives. So you can't start much slower, but you're right in, in, in terms of self scouting and things they need to do. Now I wrote a column, um, in the Tampa Bay times today, you can read it on Tampa Bay.com. You know, there's been all this talk and, uh, mostly from, the national media analysts, uh, of course, Tony Romo spent about three hours talking about it, but there's this sort of perceived rift, if you will, um, schism, disagreement. I don't know what you would call it between, uh, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. This is, this is the, uh, you know, sort of what, what the outs, sort of what the national narrative is, if you will, like, Oh, things are not going well between Brady and Arians. And I just, I wanted to clear it up because I know, look, guys like Romo actually talked to Brady, you know, probably for a long time, candidly, off the record, what have you. And he didn't quote Brady. But then he went on to, you know, have a laundry list of things that he thought the Bucks weren't doing to help him. Um, guys like Rob Nikovich, who played with Brady, went further and said that, uh, you know, that it's just not working, you know, with Arians and him, uh, with Brady. Uh, and look, there's no question that, these two, you know, everybody's frustrated, right? I mean, because you've lost two games. Um, there's a lack of execution at the very least on offense, and it's something they that they have to address. And you know, they're starting slow. Um, I mentioned the the four three and outs against the Rams, and you know, the one first down against the Chiefs in the first four possessions. So when you play good teams, when you play good offenses. You can't hang your defense out to dry. You know, we talked just a minute ago about the defense. I think part of the problem is they're back on the field in, in you know, in a minute or two. They never get a rest, and they're always defending a short field because if you can't get first downs, you're not going to dictate any kind of field position. So I, it's it's a team game, and, you know, I, I do believe that there's probably some squabbling or some disagreement or some less than good feelings about maybe some of the game plans. Um, 
you know, play selection, that sort of thing. Uh, but but to suggest that Brady and Arians have you know, this this is going to lead to some kind of split, I think is you know a little far fetched, and to say the least. And I think you have to remember a couple of things. One, this team is averaging twenty eight point seven points per game. That would be the highest scoring team in club history if it maintains. It'd be, it would top last year's uh, mark of twenty eight point one points per game. And you know that scoring is up all over the NFL this year, so that, that only ranks 15th in the NFL. Um, but it's not as if, like, you know, they're not scoring any points. Let's just mm-hmm. – and, and granted, some of those are against, you know, certain teams like Carolina that they piled them up. Um, now, having said all that, you just you just nailed a bunch of things they have to be cognizant of. because And you're never going to hear Brady come out and say, here's what we need to do. Because he'll let Tony Romo and others speak for him. You know, he was on with Jim Gray – after that last loss against Kansas City, you know, and he was asked about, um, you know, the perceived rift. And he said, look, I've got a great relationship with B.A. We talk every day, a lot of respect for him um, and the way he runs the team. And he was just saying, you know, when you lose games, that's just what the media talks about. Well, it's not just the media. Um, and like I said, we'd be naive to think that Brady doesn't have people to speak for him. But um, you nailed it. I mean, I think first and foremost – I think they need to get Byron Leftwich some help. From what I understand, Byron Leftwich um, does the game planning. Uh, you know, works with Harold Goodwin on the run game, but basically, he runs the offensive meetings. And I'm not saying that BA doesn't have input because obviously BA can do whatever he wants. But BA got this job with with a condition, and that condition to come out of retirement and do this was he told the Glazers, "I'm not calling plays." And they were a little taken aback by it. And I've talked to B.A. about this, and I said, well, how, they couldn't have been happy about that. He goes, oh, no, it was a conversation. Well, but they hired him anyway. And, you know, he made it clear to them that he wasn't going to be the guy, you know, staying up all week doing scripts and, you know, and, and game planning and things like that. Now, that's not to say he doesn't have long conversations about, you know, how to attack this team or he doesn't watch tape or what have you. Um, but Byron Leftwich is his offensive coordinator. He has complete faith in him. And he, he says he sees the game the way I see it. He's, he knows this offense going back to his days in Pittsburgh. Having said all of that, Byron Leftwich is a second-year play caller. I mean, he did it for eight weeks in Mike McCoy's offense in Arizona one year um, after he got fired. But this is the second year of his life that he's called plays. And how did it go last year? Well, I mean, they were at one point they were, you know, had a chance to win nine games, but his quarterback threw 30 interceptions. He led the league in passing yards, but he threw 30, okay? Um, so some of that might have been on the play caller. A lot of it was probably on the quarterback. But nonetheless, if if it's true, and this is my understanding, that, you know, Leftwich doesn't get a ton of input. I mean, gets input, but, like, does most of this by himself. I think he needs help. And I don't know who's going to going to tell Byron that maybe maybe the agreement with Arians was, hey, if you'll come to Tampa as my offensive coordinator, I'll let you call it. I'm not going to interfere. You know, maybe, maybe that was the agreement they made. I don't know. But, you know, during this during this bye week, they should have had a heart to heart with the co- with the coach, uh, with head coach, with coordinator and the quarterback. And I know they all needed some time off or whatnot. Well, and you but, know, in, in the perfect world, assuming this is all what's happening, is that maybe Byron's doing some self scouting during the 
the bye week saying, hey, I need some help. You hope. You I hope. Mean, he might be looking going, hey, I'm not doing this very well. There's a lot of things we need to do differently, and I need some, I need some help. I need a second set of eyes, some input, some whatever it is. Right, right. Um, you know, or, or Bruce, I need your input. Right. You know, what, whatever it is. I mean, that's your – if – if there is a disconnect there or, you know, Byron's just not doing the job well enough, and, and that's a, a, a lot of people's opinions at this point. But, yeah, you know, if so, maybe he's the one asking, hey, I need some help. Now that you've got some time to sit back and evaluate, and you're not in the day-to-day of it because you have that week. I hope so. I don't sense that's what's happening. I don't know about this week, but I I, I sense that it's a, kind of a I got this. You know what I mean? Like – um. And maybe he does. And, you know, what happens with coaches is, and, and I've heard Arian say it to me, is that they're so week-to-week oriented that they will they will look at the small picture, right? Mm-hmm. They'll say, hey, there's three plays that if we make these three plays in this game, the outcome's totally different. And they're right. But you can say that about almost any game, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's you're three so plays close you didn't to it. make that you made, you might have lost the game instead of winning. Yeah, I mean. exactly. And, and sometimes you're so close to it. Because you're in the week-to-week world of the NFL, like you can't dwell on what just happened to the Rams. You got to, you have to move on and prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then when the Chiefs are done, you got to prepare for the Vikings. So this is why the bye week is nice. It came way too late, but at least they can, you know, go back and say, okay, what what do we got here? What what is happening? Well, here's what they're going to find. Um, and a lot of people have done this on national TV, so I'm not taking credit for all these numbers and things. Um, but they're all out there if you want to check. And first of all, like Brady can, I, I'm convinced he can play in any offense. He can. We know his arm stronger than people give him credit for. But look, he in his career he has won bombing the ball away down the field for 50 touchdown passes. 23 of them to Randy Moss one year when they were 16 and 0 in the regular season in 07. He's won with a strong running game. He's run with a weak running game. He's won checking the ball to running backs. He's run throwing seam routes to tight ends like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, he's done all these things. So there's not, you know, his his offense has evolved, but it's always kind of been based on what talent they had, et cetera. So, you know, this notion that he can only play one, eh, I don't get any of that. But if you look at what he has done so far this year, he has thrown more deep passes than any quarterback in the league, okay? Passes 20 yards in the air or whatever. But this season, whether it's because he doesn't have protection or he's, you know, continuity or whatever, he's, he ranks 26 on those throws. So you threw the most deep passes of any quarterback, but you're 26th in efficiency on them. Um, and, you know, they keep adding players like Antonio Brown and, and, and that sort of thing. Now, the other thing, and you mentioned this already, play action. We know that Brady thrives under play action. And he was, I think he was four or five in the last game when they ran it, but they only ran it five times. And you ask Arians, he goes, well, we were down 17 points. Yeah, but you, you came out and you were still, you know, your first drive to get you back in that game was play action. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't like you would stop running it because you were down 17. So Brady is second in the league in yards per passing after run fix. But the problem is only two teams in the league have attempted less play action than the Bucks. So if you're that good at it, how can you how can there how can you be like, you know, twenty ninth in the league or thirtieth in the league in in a play action attempts? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um in his final three seasons, I think he was uh second in the league and in in the NFL in play action. And the Patriots went thirty six and twelve and they were in two Super Bowls. This year, the Bucks are fifteenth in play action pass attempts. Uh 
And his passer rating when he does this is 24 points higher when they do it than when they don't. I mean, seems pretty simple, right? But you don't have a lot of play action. So, and then the the other thing is, what is their identity? I mean, it, they need, in my opinion, and others, especially as you start thinking about what's ahead, right? January is ahead. Better football teams are ahead. Better offenses you're going to play. Better defenses. Bad weather. They got to they got to establish more of a running game. They got to be more committed to doing it. Um, look, they've got Ronald Jones, who obviously didn't play Sunday, is still the fourth highest ranked rusher in the NFL. He's got 820 yards. He's going over a thousand yards. Well, how can you have a guy who's in the top five, but your team ranks 28th in the NFL in rushing? It's because you're not running the ball enough, right? And the problem is, is that they throw it on 66% of their plays, which is the most that Brady has ever thrown the football in a season. I mean, he's throwing 66% of the time. Now, the good news is he's on pace to throw at least 37 touchdown passes, which would break Jameis Winston's record of 33. Um, But, you know, I think Brady would benefit if you run the ball, then you run play action. Um, Jones has, has proven to be a pretty good, you know, runner in this league. Doesn't catch the ball. You still got that issue. You still got Fournette issue. You got to figure that, all that out. I get it. Um, but, you know, run the football, play mm-hmm. action. Don't think you have to throw it down the field all the time. Um, and, well, you know, and get that's some the thing, too. To not, not only are you passing the ball 66% of the time, you don't even have those easy throws like right. running backs in the flat because, one, your running backs aren't very good catching the ball. Right. I mean, Fournette's been less than expected there, and Ronald Jones has never been good catching the ball in the backfield. Right, right. You know, So you don't even have those easy-type throws where, okay, you're throwing it a lot, but they're almost like handoffs. I mean, right. when you watch – Extension. You've watched Tom Brady in the past. I mean, the, the swing out to James White or whichever oh, other running yeah. back, I mean, that's just – it's a handoff practically. Um, it is. You know, they, they um, we're watching the Chiefs Broncos as we speak, and they use Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill a lot of times out of the backfield and swing out. It's just yes. it's a handoff. It's essentially a handoff, you know, out to the flat. Right. Um, you yeah. know that that's a pass play, but it's essentially like a running play. They don't even have and, that and, in this offense. And to their much. credit, like we've seen some glimpses of this. Like they put Antonio mm-hmm. uh, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown in the backfield and did sort of that kind of thing. It didn't yep. work, but at least at least they they are starting to move yes. sort of in that direction. Like okay, if we're not if our running backs can't catch. Let's throw it to a tight end. Mm-hmm. Let's throw it to a, to a wide receiver that we come out of the backfield. Like they're, they're you can see them trying to do things, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it's just not getting there yet. I totally agree with you. I mean they they need to have easier throws, and that's what Romo harped on. Um, every play is a contested play. You know, um, you know the receiver has to come down with a with a uh, a combat catch, or Brady has to squeeze one in. And he's getting hit a lot. And and you knew that was going to happen in this offense. But for a 43-year-old quarterback, mm, yeah, I don't I don't think he's all about that. And, you know, they didn't do a good job. And this is what I mean by, like, offensive coordinating and play calling and things. And Arians will tell you, like, it was interesting to me because Kansas City just decided Brady's not – and Brady had a good day throwing deep balls, actually, against them. He did very well. But – Coming into the game, he hadn't. And so when they got him in the third down and stuff, Kansas City just said, we're playing cover zero. What cover zero is is no safety. <laughs> and basically, they're locking down receivers man-to-man on the outside, and they're blitzing. And they didn't pick it up. They didn't pick it up once. Every time they ran that blitz, 
uh, he got drilled. And the one throw to Mike Evans that Evans should have tracked better was actually a really good throw. I mean, he got destroyed. And then the interception that bounced off the guy's helmet, same blitz. Mm -hmm. So that's coaching, okay? That's situational, hey, when, when they do this, we do that, you know? And sure, it could be execution. A guy could blow an assignment, that sort of thing. They just didn't look like they were prepared for it all that well. And you cannot get him hit early in games, you know, where now all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's feeling pressure. We know what he does when he has time. I mean, we know we've seen him. He carves people up. He always has. Still does it. Carolina couldn't get there. I mean, a guy could do anything he wanted on that football field with the ball. He was dropping dimes everywhere. But, you know, you're going to have to protect them, especially, um, you know, down the stretch against the better teams, the better defenses that are going to – they're going to all come after him. Because the one thing we know about Brady is he's not leaving the pocket. You know, he's not going to extend plays. He's not going to be able to get out of trouble. More, less less now than ever before. And, he, and frankly, he doesn't want to stand in there and take hits either, and I couldn't blame him. So, you know, those are the fixes – that you know you need to start seeing some of that come to fruition and then just play better and I, I i'd still think that football particularly late in the year is one at the line of scrimmage and their offensive line is going to have to be more physical their defensive line is going to have to be more physical and and start winning some battles because teams are now throwing the ball just really quick mm-hmm. on them they're not letting the pass rush get there well if that's the case then you got to cover tighter you know you you've got to lock down some receivers because if they're going to throw the ball quick um then you don't have to worry about double moves and things like that as mm-hmm. much. We saw Tyreek Hill do it, but you know the problem is with Mahomes, <laughs> he just starts backing up. <laughs> yeah. he, he'll he'll actually drop like eighteen yards straight back, <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, we're chasing this guy, and he's still he's still throwing dimes sixty five yards with his arm running backwards. It's crazy. He's what incredible. He does, he's incredible. It's just as amazing. And there's a, a, a record broke to, or set tonight in the, the Chiefs game. I don't know if you've seen the stat yet. But oh, yeah? Travis Kelsey, fifth straight season with 1,000 yards receiving. Wow. So that's the fifth straight for him. That's a record for tight ends. He's best tight end in the league. There's not a tight end in history that's ever had five 1,000-yard seasons. That seems surprising to me, a little bit surprising mm-hmm. to me. Just surprising I would have thought like an Antonio Gates or you yeah. know Tony Gonzalez, of Tony course. Tony Gonzalez, yeah. Um, you know, even right. a Gronkowski Kellen possibly. Winslow. Yeah, I mean, back in those days they didn't throw it as much, so throw maybe as not much, yeah. to have five. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. Kelsey's the first tight end, not, a, not only to have five total, but five in a row. Five consecutive, yeah. So. Speaking of consecutive. They have so many you know, weapons is... on that offense. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> well, that, And that was the problem was is that it's a pick your poison, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they rolled the dice and they said, we're going to double Kelsey yep, because we don't want him getting off. And we think, you know, we'll take our chances with Carlton Davis and Tyreek Hill. And, I mean, it just it bit him, it bit him and bit him hard. I mean, they just kept throwing it down the field to him. But, yeah, it's, um, it's tough, man. I mean, they're, they're going to have to play better on defense. And the, the back end has to get more confident. They need, they need Jamal Dean back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be critical. He was in concussion protocol, so the week off might get him out of that maybe, you hope. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting had a great last quarter of the season last year. Yep. Remember he had uh, the pick six in Detroit. He's going back there again to finish mm-hmm. the season. So maybe that, that'll get him going. Uh, well, maybe you, he, you mentioned, you look, know. at the end of the season, the games are won in the trenches. They are. A week off at this late in the season for the whole oh, offensive huge. line and defensive line, you hope huge. can be huge for them. Yes. That They should be fresher than anybody else they play. I mean, only the Panthers had a mm-hmm. bye week with them, and they don't play them anymore. That's right. So they should be the fresher team, particularly in the trenches, the next few weeks. 
That's right. Which has to help against the Vikings and the Falcons and the Lions yeah. and that. So, yeah, I mean they ran out of gas, but you know if you're mm-hmm. going to get that, that fill up for the last four games, then and then look, you take your chances if you if you make the playoffs. I think I saw they had a guy from CNN or one of those stations that does the elections. He was he was on uh, football. And NBC Night had their uh, the the, the um, I can't think of his name now, but they're uh, one of their map analysts. That yeah, he was doing yeah. That. And he was doing probabilities for the playoffs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember his remember. name, but yeah. Um, yeah really I can picture chance. his face. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. Right, right. So that was kind of cool. But they still have a, a great chance. And um, Hey, look, they know. control their own destiny. I mean, they you do. Know, they, they, they went they out. Win. They, if they win three of the next four, they're definitely in. I think so. Particularly if you beat the Vikings. Well, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be going to be weird if you don't. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, three in a row and the Vikings would have the uh, – but the Bears losing was big for them because mm-hmm. the Bears could have got back in it, and they don't have the home, they don't have the uh, head-to-head with them, so that helped the Bucks. And uh, like I said, look, all these teams are capable. The Falcons are capable, obviously, um, and and this team coming in here with the Vikings are you know five out of six. So I think all of that is is something that got to be. Uh, By the way, real quick you, before we get off football, too, you mentioned Cover Zero. Is that must have been what Greg Williams was trying to run against the Raiders? Oh my God. Listen, are they not tanking for Trevor? I oh. mean, I it wasn't the it was at the last play of the game or it was one of the third last and play? ten. It was okay. like fifteen seconds or twelve seconds, something like that. It's virtually left. the last throw or last two. Yeah, throws, I mean you've got right? two I mean, throws essentially to get uh, you know right. you probably had two maybe three plays if you're going short distance, but you got to get ten yards in the next two. Yeah, and you know you're down four, I believe it was. So yeah, his own players ripped him. Ripped them, uh, ripped them on the Zoom calls afterwards. They said, uh, "Yes, we gotta get a better call there." It was a terrible call. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you didn't see the play, so the Raiders line up. What was it? Three, uh, two, two wide to the left, one to the right, and then the running back kind, and the tight kind end. of almost like a hail mary type formation. A little bit. I mean, they didn't have they didn't have four receivers out there. It was three receivers, a tight end, and a, a back. And the Jets sent the house. They sent it was seven. Cover zero. It was, they sent yeah. seven, and the safety was a spy. For the right. quarterback, and then he by Jason the time he threw the ball, he was bl- he was blitzing in. So eight guys mm-hmm. blitzing in, eight guys one on one down the sideline with the three receivers, and they and the he, the guy he threw it to beat him by five yards. I mean, double right moved him, and it was over. Yeah, Henry it was Ruggs. the easiest. It's the easiest pitch and catch they had all day in that situation. In that situation, when they need a touchdown, they needed a touchdown, right? Yes, they were down they four, I believe. I'm pretty sure they yeah. were down four. So yeah, yeah they so had to have a touchdown. Goal, it wasn't a field goal. You're just defending the goal line. I mean, that's all you're mm-hmm. defending with 15 mm-hmm. seconds, the goal line. I don't think they had any time mouse left. No, I don't and, think so. Uh, and so, you know, you're, you're dropping 25. You're dropping six guys, seven guys. You may rush three, maybe, maybe rush three and drop everybody else 25, 30 yards off the ball. And you could stand across the goal line with, with 11 guys if you wanted to and say, you know, Red Rover, Red Rover. I mean, just, you know. Stop! Stop! Whoever from crossing the goal line, the game's probably over. So they, I mean, it it, it almost was like the fix is in. It's almost like no, no, we're not going to win this game. <laughs> we do this, we lose. We lose that guy at Clemson. Not that I know that Trevor Lawrence wants to play for the Jets, or he won't just decide. You know, no, you're either getting you, you know Trevor or Justin Fields, one of the two. So. You're getting one of them, but yeah. So um, man, that was uh, that was hard to watch. Yep. I can't imagine what what the uh, New York tabloids will look like tomorrow. Yeah, that was. Great. I mean, yeah, just I don't know how you do that. I mean, even if you want to rush five, sure, okay, bring an extra. I mean, but they had a tight end and running back in, so double somebody. Yeah, you know, sure, but you know, well, you know, have a couple guys sitting on the goal line. I mean, yeah, just I mean, like I said, if you tackle them before they cross the goal line, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, 
You just got to defend that goal line. That's all you got to do. Speaking so. of good tackles, did you see the uh, end of the BYU Coastal Carolina game, which was phenomenal? That was a great game. And I, you know what? I'm all for, hey, you want to play anywhere, any place, anytime. Like, that's what BYU said. I give them credit. And it was the best game of the weekend. Thursday, Thursday morning, they finalized the game. BYU had to load up an equipment truck and go across the country and get there in two days. Awesome. I had to make it sure they had awesome. no problems along the way. I mean, I saw a story yeah. written about it. I really think, well done, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and what a game. And, and that, it reminds you of the Super Bowl tackle on, uh, yep. what was it, Kevin Dyson, wasn't it? Was it Greg Jones yep. made that tackle, I think? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was tackled at the one-yard line trying to go in mm-hmm. for the game-winning score as time yeah. ran out. I mean, just a – Just drama. Just and, great, great You know, fans. kudos to that cornerback because you see so many guys just hit now. He wrapped up and tackled. Yeah, yeah he actually had a nice form tackle, mm-hmm. finished it, wrapped yep. him up, got him on the ground, and – uh and BYU loses, and what a year for Coastal Carolina, man! It's just uh, that's that's been that's been a good story in college football. So we don't have the BYU to worry about. Although I don't think you have any of the, you know, it's going to be a blue blood blue blood final. One yeah, I think know. Cincinnati's window is closing. Yeah, um, I I don't think it's going to be easy for them. You, know, you needed like really, Texas A and M to lose to Auburn, right? You know, you need LSU to somehow upset Florida, maybe. Hmm. Um. You probably need Notre Dame to beat Clemson again. Yeah. You know, and if Ohio State, if they decide not to qualify them because of less games, if the Michigan game doesn't get played, then maybe that helps them. But right, I think it's going to be your Blue Bloods, yep. That's what I think. Yep. Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, Alabama, um, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yep. Assuming that uh, that they play. So, yeah, it was a good weekend in college football. Good for the Gators. Of course, they get their win and. uh Kyle Trask looks good again. Probably going to win the Heisman, I would imagine. So we had a little bit of uh, uh, college basketball news, though. Hey, kudos to the yeah, USF women's team. Knocks off Mississippi State, number six in the country. That? The first time that uh, Jose Fernandez's team has ever beaten a top ten team. So That's awesome. Um, they've, they've competed against UConn for years in the conference. They've yeah. played the Baylors and the, you know, all those big programs in the women's, in Mississippi State's and Notre Dame's. And they've 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 competed hard against them in the past, but they've never been able to get over that hump, and they finally did on Saturday night. Yeah, congratulations, Jose Fernandez. They played Baylor really well this year too. Yes. So um, that was that was great. I was happy to see that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And we've got uh, – you mentioned that the, the Raptors um, – Yeah, the schedule was out. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, NBA starting – NHL, it sounds like they're the, – the, the league and the players have been meeting or, or you know virtually, however they're doing it now. Yeah. Um, the aim is for a January 15th start date, give or take a couple days. Camps right. would open around New Year's. Um, there's been some reports that some of the Canadian players have started heading back to Canada which in order to do that, you need to quarantine a couple weeks in that. So mm-hmm. um, if they're heading back there, then maybe it sounds like we may have NHL by mid-January, maybe a 48- to 60-game schedule. Sounds like it may be at arenas. Fans may be determined probably by the local municipalities and teams, but 
Uh, we may have hockey back on the ice uh, a little over a month from now, the training camp that's, before then. So that that's the hope at soon. least. Yeah, that that's that's terrific. And uh, now, does that mean that was that enough time for everybody on that team to have their time with the Stanley Cup? Because I I mean they won it so late. That, um, yeah. I don't know if everybody. I mean, the hard part is 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 the cup pretty much is staying in Tampa, so they're not they're not really letting the cup travel with with players. I think some of the players wanted to take it somewhere else. Um, you know, to their hometown or wherever they're living now. So it's roughly staying here. I know several players have had their days with the cup already, and there's probably been more than than we know about. I mean, some some put pictures out on social, others don't. So, right. Um, I don't know if everybody will have it by then, but you know, they're you know working on it at this point. I would imagine. When do you get it? That's what I want to know. My day with the cup. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still working on uh, negotiating the, the terms of that. So <laughs> we're, we're I'm coming over, man. I'm bringing some beverages. Hey, I've I've gotten I've gotten my picture with the cup, and my family has. So I'm very thrilled well, about that. Cool. So we've already yeah, got that's that. Really so, neat. Yeah. Um, my, my, I got to take my boys uh, just this past week, actually, and they got yeah. their chance to to see the cup and the Prince of Wales trophy and the uh, Conn Smythe trophy, all Conn that Smythe. stuff. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, they were uh, loving, loving life last week when we got to do that. That's so. really cool. Really cool. Well, one day I'll get to see it. I haven't yet, but, uh, you know. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, unique that their names are already on it. Normally that doesn't happen to right. – you know, during the season and later, but because of COVID and everything and, and not knowing what was going to happen, they did it early. So got to see that's, their names on the cup already. That's so totally cool, you know, that, to be able to do that and actually have them on there. So I like that. Well, we've got lots to uh, talk about this week. We're going to have, uh, you know, an assortment of guests, I'm sure. Maybe talk Mark Topkin on tomorrow. Yep, he's going to join yeah, us Mark. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk some Blake Snell and some of the Rays, mm-hmm. uh, all the guys they tendered contracts to and – some of the guys they had to let go, like Charlie Morton, now a free, of course, was a free agent signed with the Braves and yeah. and others. So, yeah, Snell spoke about that. It's a good story on TampaBay.com. We'll talk to Mark about it if you want to read. It was in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times, and um, and then of course the Bucks will be back to work at some point. I don't think they're allowed in the facility uh, today or tomorrow, but uh, we'll have our Zoom calls. We'll resume and they'll resume practice for sure by Wednesday and in preparation for their big. Sunday game against the Minnesota Vikings as they restart their season here sitting at seven and five and uh, right now uh, in a, in a good uh, number six I think seed wild card position there uh, in the NFC so we'll see if they can add to that hey make sure you check out old Northeast jewelers they have two locations you know the one in Fourth uh, Street in St Pete it's been there for years well now they have a brand new store in beautiful Hyde Park the address is sixteen o seven. West Swan Avenue in Hyde Park Village. And don't forget, uh, they have online consultations and free delivery to your door uh, for jewelry, for rings, and for luxury watches. And if you need some money for the holidays, Old Northeast Jewelers, they're always buying fine jewelry and luxury watches. And you can trade in uh, any piece you have for something brand new. So make sure you go check out their new store at 1607 West Swan Avenue in beautiful Hyde Park Village. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.